Welcome to A Spoonful of Podcast, where we dive into the magic of Disney destinations, searching for a great big beautiful tomorrow. Broadcasting from the backside of water. and welcome to episode 164 of A Spoonful of Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Dickens, here with Brian Galloway. Brian, how are you doing this evening, sir? I am doing good, Evan. Hello, Spoonies. How are you? You know, it's funny. I was, I was, um, I was watching this weekend, you know, I was, I was watching The Stepford Wives on TV, and then I was thinking, wait a second. Is that was that celebration from from Walt Disney World? No, I'm just, I'm joking, obviously. But this is a good segue because we have with us um, a return guest, one of our favorite people to talk to, Emily Soriano. And um, Emily, I am so happy that you're able to join us again. And I love the fact that we're going to finally talk about celebration. So welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. I feel like. Um... I'm ill-prepared by not having Cool in the Gang surrounding behind me to uh, <laughs> oh, there you go. a celebration. Like, I love Cool in the Gang. I, I love Cool in the Gang, so that's there you go. We'll talk about them later, uh, mm-hmm. but I'm really excited about this. Thanks for having me on. And Spoonies, please take notes. Anything that you want more information about that I talk about, by all means, let me know. And I'll be happy to go into further detail, but we'll keep it as short and sweet, but intriguing as possible for now. Well, yeah. So let's start out the, the way to start out this for some people who don't know what celebration is. Why don't you tell them what it is basically and how far away it is from the, the center, like maybe how far it is from Magic Kingdom probably. Perfect. So, you know, Celebration is the epitome of the Eisner era with a little bit of Joe Rohde thrown in, which we'll get to later. Uh, It was originally part of the Reedy Creek Developmental District, later sold and planned um, to basically unincorporate into a bunch of different divisions that we'll talk about at the end. But it was basically Eisner's way of trying to follow through with Walt's dream for Epcot. So experimental prototype community of tomorrow. And um, it was, in fact, owned by Disney, quote unquote, or under the Reedy Creek Township until 2004. And that's really when it started splitting off. But 
excellent reference with the Steppert wives, Pleasantville, <laughs> all of that. We'll get into that. But yeah, it was it's the Disney town. And the entire concept of was it? Uh, so we all know Epcot, experimental prototype community of tomorrow. Obviously, that is not what Epcot ended up coming to in fruition, but Eisner still wanted to follow through with that dream for Walt. And he wanted a fully self-sustaining um, town. So there was the main district downtown, um, which I believe was called, oh gosh, what did they call it? Tele celebration town center but it was fully self-sufficient we had a post office a bank a grocery store uh restaurants clothing stores a hotel everything that you could need schools parks the whole idea was that you didn't have to leave and oh so they had a school ways, they didn't with others oh yes celebration school how many kids that were in that school the first year, gosh, I would have to look up the exact number. Not very many. There were a lot that came in and out and in and out. So the statistics on that are a bit skewed. I would say consistent between one and 300 students. So they didn't have sports teams or anything like that. Well, they did. So here's the fun thing. Celebration School's gone through quite a metamorphosis. So it originally was in the building that is now the Celebration Parks and Districts building. And I'll give some maps to Taylor to reference some of these things. And it was just a small building. There were a whole bunch of different uh, portable, I'm sure, well, maybe not Gen Z. Maybe they haven't had portable classrooms. But we had all those. We didn't have a theater. We didn't have sports um, fields or anything like that. But we had ESPN, Walt Disney World's Wide World of Sports. Right, right. Okay. That's where we used for that, you know, those purposes. And then we used actually the Disney Institute for all of our performing arts. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah, so we were, I mean, really, it all boils down to Celebration School was, as was all of Celebration, uh, guinea pigs. And, you know, I like to laugh that it's like, if you watch the NSYNC Disney Channel special, the concert, I'm like, wow, this is marketing of my childhood. Like that's everything funny. that's in there. All ties back to Celebration School. <laughs> wow. But um, they did, after that first year, they did open a K-12 through school, which now functions as the K-8 through school. They started slowly building up the athletic spaces. But of course, they couldn't have like a normal school theater. They had a black box theater. And we had a dark room for doing photo development. And... We've talked a little bit before in the last podcast about how we were Mac sponsored. Right. The whole town was. Uh, but we had things like E-Mates, if anybody's ever heard of E-Mates. No. And we had the E-Mates. They were basically um, what developed into iPhones and iPads today. 
Oh, okay. Huh. But cool. they were sold for, I think it was about six months. I think they did a hundred units in the first release and never made it past a thousand. And for good reason. But we had we had those. We had all of those old IMAXs that were the bright colors. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Everywhere. We had Java rings, which are, you know, any key fob that you've ever used that has that little coin sort of disc on it that you use to, gosh, for so many things now. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Yep, yep, yep. Fob? We had those on rings. And we used those rings to enter our classroom doors. That's how it took attendance. That's how they wow. were where we were at all times. There, it was just such an interesting concept. And um, you'll see in a lot of schools today, parts of what was bred out of Celebration School. There were certain things that didn't work, others that did. Um, we had multiple ages of students in the same classroom uh, we had instead of like homeroom we had what that was called kiva k-i-v-a that's a joe Rody insertion where we would basically sit in a large room and sing kumbaya in the morning uh, so you but you had multiple grades in the same classroom yes like little so, house in the prairie the same like little house in the prairie i remember they did that oh okay so for the first year, it was kindergarten, um, first and second, I believe, in one classroom. Or it was kindergarten and first in one classroom. Then it was third and fourth in one classroom. Then they had fifth and sixth. Now they mishmashed those up throughout the year. And then they had seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh, and twelfth all just sort of mishmash together. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. And, you know, one of the really cool things that came out of that is that you could learn at your own pace. So there was no issue of kids that were a little bit behind others um, needing to catch up and being with people that were more at their speed and cater to their learning abilities. And then there were not so kids like me that were writing letters and I'll, I'll provide one to Taylor to show um, writing letters to the school district and writing letters to Disney and the, and the higher ups and uh, petitioning for different interns to be hired, fired. They gave us a lot of, basically we didn't have leashes on. Like if you wanted to learn about water, you went downtown just like during the school day, you had to go with another student, take a sample of water, and then be like, I'm doing a science experiment. Or you could lead a revolt against them closing down Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. You did that during <laughs> school hours? I did. That was a project. That oh. was a project I worked on. Wow. Um, <laughs> when they switched to the school when it was properly built, which is now the K-3 uh, school, then it really got wild because we had kindergarten through fifth grade in classrooms. They weren't called classrooms. They were neighborhoods with the Kiva in the center. And then they had seventh and uh, sixth, seventh and eighth graders all together in their neighborhoods. And then, then they had the high schoolers together in 
their neighborhood. So explain more about this Kiva. So Kiva was literally just like a an entry room when you walked into the quote unquote neighborhood, like a gathering space. I believe okay. Kiva is in that's one of those things that Eisner wouldn't allow Rhodey to incorporate into Animal Kingdom. So it's like, <laughs> sweet, we'll put it in the school. And you would sit in there. And then off of that Kiva room, there were separate classrooms. But it was the like it was an entrance to the right of the Kiva and an entrance to the left of the Kiva. And then splitting off the Kiva were restrooms and individual classrooms. Interesting. Interesting. Yes. So there were five neighborhoods of kindergarten through fifth fifth grade. And then there were two for the middle schoolers. And then I believe there were four for the upper schoolers, as they called them. You know, you know, it's funny, I joked about separate ways. It's kinda of, it's kinda of thinking I'm kinda of thinking it's closer than I thought. Oh, yes. Let's talk about um how it came to look the way that it did. Okay. <laughs> Are right. you familiar with that? Well, no, I heard some, again, I've heard these rumors. I just don't know if they're true. I mean, I, I, I heard that it had to be like, it was, there were strict rules about how you had your lawn and how you had your house and how the decorations were and, and all things like that and how the upkeep was. Is that true? Absolutely. It is brutal. So the original people, um, the original people were all found through a lottery system. It was, I believe they allocated, oh, oh, I'm sorry, allocated 350 houses and 123 apartments. And if you were chosen for that, then you had to go into these crazy stages where you would go into, initially it was just like a big trailer house where the Amelia Hotel is now off of 192. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what that is. Okay. There was a huge trailer there. And then those three very modern looking buildings that are now functioning as Disney office spaces, right? When you turn into Celebration. Okay. One I think I know what you're talking about. buildings was the design building. And you would go in there. You had certain paint colors to choose from. They couldn't match up too close to any other house in the area. Your carpeting, your landscaping, your countertops everything had Wait, countertops and rugs who cares what countertops or rugs you get oh you should have heard my mom fight for this hunter's green 1996 <laughs> carpeting that went in the study of our house uh but it was wild like that and although that's insane in today's standards if you look at the cookie cutter neighborhoods that you have all over the place today where houses all look the same. Mm -hmm. It was a pain in the you-know-what, and it was really bizarre, but they did achieve that aesthetic of being in an old society, in different areas of the country, different nods to different styles of architecture, and they really achieved it, but it was crazy. And yes, if you don't keep up your lawn... Get ready for the cease and desists and all the fines. Um, they wow. will pick it. They will celebration hardcore residents 
and the Celebration Foundation, CROA, which we can go into, they take it extremely seriously. I heard there was something, something about the, the grass, height of the grass had to be, there's specific rules about the height of the grass and you can't, you had to keep within those rules. And I I, I was like, I was like, no way could that be true. Mm -hmm. Edged properly, irrigated properly, brown spots needed to be replaced. Certain types of shrubberies were not allowed. Um, There, it was just all over the place with, you can't have this, you can't have that. Now, back when it first began, I found that to be really contradictory because I had never seen how quickly sycamore street, uh, I'm sorry, sycamore trees grow. And sycamore street alone, if you ever go to celebration, look at it. All of the trees around celebration, these huge sycamores and magnolias, they were teeny tiny little Charlie Brown Christmas tree looking trees. Wow. That are now huge canopies over the streets. But I remember thinking as a child, okay, my mom's having to get permits to do this, 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 this. And they're going to put these little Charlie Brown looking trees (laughs) (laughs) along the streets. But now that we see how they matured very quickly, I understand why. But yeah, you have a brown spot. You better get it resodded. Or now, now, how how about the were there like so? How were the neighbors and the? I mean, what? How did that work? I mean, how you know? Did people get along? Tend to get along there? I know because when things are strict like that, sometimes there's there's animosities and stuff. What? How, how was that? Oh, it was better than any Real Housewives of anywhere show that you can imagine because people weren't worried about each other getting caught on uh, cell phone video or any sort of little technology. But it came in, even though there were those originally 350 houses that were allocated and the 123 apartments, those came to fruition in very small phases. So you have to imagine anybody that's going for an experimental lifestyle like this they're not going to be the most average people right, right, <laughs> right. That you'd meet in the first place. You kind of take a cesspool of wackos, <laughs> throw in some people that are just like, ah, I'm in for a good time. And then like the hardcore Disney people and mishmashing them all together with video cameras constantly in their faces, always trying to one-up each other because the media, that's a huge thing that a lot of people forget about now. And I haven't been able to find too many of them on YouTube. I tried to just send them to you uh, a while ago, but we constantly had every major television network show coming through constantly hgtv things constantly southern living yes i I actually remember seeing some of those things in in those mag in magazines too oh yeah Um, and they now how was it for the kids like so i mean were kids allowed to go play in the street and 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 you know did you did they have basketball nets up in their driveways and stuff well there were really two 
phases of early childhood for celebration. We were not allowed to put up basketball hoops. Those are strictly oh. forbidden. <laughs> forbidden sugar. Uh, surprise there are some pools there was one pool that was completed pretty early on uh, but mainly we would just ride our bikes around town when it very first opened while they were still opening the restaurants we got to know all the restaurant owners and everything um, and we would just go cause a ruckus if you go downtown celebration you'll see all different signs that say no grinding no skateboarding no rollerblading um you'll see all these signs that are like those are sort of archaic activities yeah that's my generation um they wow. have huge padlocks on the water mains because we would go like randomly shut off major fountains <laughs> or like turn them on for fun they used to have little boats that you could run. I don't think those lasted a year because we used them to like play battleship and catch gators. Basically. Wow. Um, but then when they started building the larger areas of homes and the first areas of town homes and condos, it split really into two sections, boys and girls. The boys would all go out into either cleared areas and build little bike jumps out of sand dunes and whatever. And the girls would, uh, I'm sorry, and they would go into the wooded areas in the Everglades, catch gators, uh, clear out their own bike trails. Now, that was too dangerous for girls. On top of that, you have to think there are thousands and thousands of construction workers everywhere at all times so you don't really want your little girls just walking around right 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 okay. or going out in the woods and catching gators without cell phones so for the girls we mainly did theme parks and that's okay. really where all the crazy disney theme parking with me went from it was either theme parks virgin megastore or disney quest I remember that Virgin Mega store. That was crazy, that place. It was gigantic. Oh, we had it so rigged. We knew all the spots to be able to see where the cute guys came in, what sections, where they couldn't see us from. We could see where they were purchasing movie tickets across the way. I don't know if many people know that there was a DJ for the most of Virgin Megastore's life. I do remember um, the DJ. Yes, I do. Yeah, we would go and just like spam it. Like it was a, it was a, it was a clipboard that you would put the song requests on, like a written jukebox, and we would just like nonchalantly write over other people's stuff and just play like NSYNC over and over and over spice girls over and over or like just random songs the macarena oh my gosh when that came out it was like oh a social goodness. experiment of our that own must have been brutal oh. to just play like <laughs> oh gosh we would play like somebody once told <laughs> me that that and the macarena on repeat for hours and just watch people lose their mind it was great. Yeah, that was um, a, that, No that one was realizes that place was so big. It was bigger than the Virgin Megastore in New York, which I thought was big, right? That place was humongous. And they had, we used to come from all over. To, like, I would, every trip I would come back and I would come back with more things. I would find great things there. 
um, all the time. That was a great place. I miss that place. But again, it, it, that it, no one buys CDs and records anymore. So no I reason wish to have that it. they would do an adapted version of it. I yeah. think that it would be very easy to put in an Apple store in there. A lot of people talked about that. Do you remember when you come in on the left? Yeah. There used to be that whole row where you could put on headphones and listen yep, to yep. different albums. Yep, I loved they it. You could do that with different technology experiment like or experiences like Oculus or um, you know, new touch screen, this, that, or the other, or I don't know. There, there's so many options that they could do to really just modernize it, keep it in the exact same layout that it was, but just kick it up a notch. Oh yeah, definitely. Instead, so, we got a bowling alley that costs you two hundred twenty-five dollars to rent a lane for an no, hour. No, 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 but no, but let, let's get back to celebration because <laughs> this is more. Yeah, this. So, but that's so. Th- those are your options. You really didn't see. So you went to Disney Quest, or you went to the parks, or you went to the Virgin Megastore. You didn't have a lot of things to do as a no. girl back then. No. No, we didn't. Um, we were at the parks. We did that sort of thing. They did have the movie theater, which I don't remember which year it was closed down. But it's been sitting vacant for, I would say, upwards of 17, 18 years. It's been a long time that it's been vacant. And that's simply because it was only two theaters, um, only two screens. And where they used to have parking is all now condos. So it's just not sustainable. Right. Now, I, have a, we, I have a question. Go ahead. So. Go ahead. <laughs> You know, you talked about the lawn and the the upkeep and the shrubbery and all that kind of stuff, which, you know, back then probably was a surprise because that isn't as prevalent as it is today. So, you know, I live in the neighborhood that is across the street from the very most northern point of the villages. So the villages, okay. world's largest retirement community, right? Very similar, of course, Del Webb rules, villages, all that kind of stuff. They police a lot of that right they police your lawns they police if you want to build stuff you have to go submit blueprints to the board and so that's kind of more common today you know to to have that kind of stuff but i mean what interests me the most is a it was done back then but b like you're saying the whole media aspect of it so what was what's the whole story to me that there's two bits of celebration that has always been the most interesting one. You covered a little bit of it last time where she talked about like doing experiments on the monorail. That was where you did science stuff, which that is so cool. We could talk about that. But secondly is the fact that y'all were a big social experiment, like actual sociology, psychology experiments that the media was covering and was being talked about. So any stories about that and how, you're like, am I living in a glitch? Am I living in a matrix? I mean, this is so odd. So I, I want to know a couple like oddball kind of things where you're just like, am I living or am I living a movie script? Like, or is someone writing my story for me? You know, just the, the Truman. Well, yeah. You know, from a child's perspective, and I will give you a couple of really good ones. These were very comical to me uh, from an adult perspective. Had I been in my parents' shoes, it would have scared the daylights out of me. Yeah. So, for example, all of the tour buses that they used to drop off for people to walk around, particularly this is when we still had the huge Japanese tourism sect, and that they would bring in tour buses 
of Japanese people and drop them off. And they didn't realize it was really a town because they had seen all of these shows and magazines and documentaries and all this. Did they knock on your doors and come on your lawn? They didn't knock on the doors. I would get home from school and there would be five Japanese chicks taking pictures sitting on the couch in our sitting room. (gasps) No. Their peace signs. Oh, they thought they didn't realize that it was real homes oh and I'll have my to find gosh one of the signs um to put up with this episode but you'll still see some people choose to keep the signs up there have been different variations over the years but we actually had to put like which of course took forever to come up with the design for how it should look aesthetically but that said this is an occupied residential home yeah stay off private premises whatever but that was totally normal now we thought it was hilarious terrifying to my parents oh yeah other things with the media aspect are how many plants quote-unquote um journalists that were in there for (laughs) some more personal gain than to actually do good for the community and I know that we've discussed um, some friends of mine's parents were, quote unquote, retired New York Times journalists that befriended everybody and released one of the tell all books. There's some that are more raunchy than others. And everybody's business came out. So you have to imagine going from living in a normal community to all of a sudden you have random tourists just walking into your house You've got cameras everywhere. You've got your downtown makes fake snow when it's 95 degrees out in Christmas. Cool in the gang pops up for every event you can think of. Your school mascot is winged Mufasa. They can say it's the Griffin all they want. Mufasa with wings. Are you kidding me? Yeah, the school's mascot is the Celebration Pride. And it's literally Mufasa with wings. Wow. I mean, there was so much trippy stuff that you're like, is this or is this not real? But when all of the dark side of the media started coming out, that's when it really got scary. Who do you talk to? Who do you not talk to? What's safe? What journalist is safe? Who do you think is just at your, you know, ladies bunko night that's actually getting everybody's dirt and is going to expose who's a swinger, who's having an affair with whom, who's doing drugs, who's doing everything that anybody did that was, uh, you know, not public knowledge that they made of... You know, they may have had like five or six drinks at uh, a poker game or a bunko night or a garden club or a book club meeting and disclose to their friends. And the next thing you know, it's in a tell all book. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, like the plants that you because, you know, you think about our regular communities and our lives, like in my neighborhood, if if some secret New York Times or L.A. Times, whatever planted a neighbor across the street from me good luck you know you're gonna see nothing you're gonna see me walking my dogs 
a few times a day. You're going to see, you know, you know what I mean? There's nothing here, but, but because there's no, there's no story here, right? Like you're saying mm-hmm. at, at celebration, it was a story. It was the town Disney built. So it, there was all eyes were on it. So yeah, you wanted to have the plant, the idea of a lottery system. And, you know, I've seen some of the, the photos of the, the, um, I don't know if it was actually, which you can correct this, Emily, but if it was the actual, I guess, announcement ceremony where they're announcing numbers, or if it was just the opening day where there's, you know, confetti everywhere and all that kind of stuff, it just looks like, you know, it, it just looks like it's a storybook. It looks like it's an opening of another Disney park is what it looked like. All of the above. It is a total Eisner. Like, it, it's one of his greatest works, in my opinion. It's so Eisner. Now, I was not there for the lottery. And my mom actually corrected me after my last <laughs> podcast with you guys. We were not in the original lottery. We were the first, so they did those initial name drawings, mm-hmm. and then a whole bunch of people backed out once they saw how crazy things were going to be, and like really took it in, and yeah. we were the very first ones that they brought in gotcha. as the backups. So they had, after the lottery, then they kind of, from what I understand, kind of graded people of like, okay... Who do we want in here? And ultimately, we ended up being one of the first 10 families to have a house built. But I thought it was funny. I was like, wow, we weren't chosen lottery. We were the first runners up. (laughs) And but it's also so weird that they had that many people chosen in it. So many backed out and they still built it in such small phases initially. So imagine if like you were the first name drawn in the lottery, but then you didn't get your house for six years. But That's then this crazy. runner-up family is in one of the first 10 houses. Right. It's just wow. crazy how all that worked. But it absolutely was. There was confetti at all times. There were, you know, major cranes, like full-blown film production equipment for everything that happened in town. Like <laughs> Like, oh, we're going to do a flag raising in the park that they just sodded. Bring out the Disney Channel Christmas spectacular film crew. Like, yeah, it was nuts. That's crazy. I mean, so as as we're getting to the tail end of this kind of any last couple things, Brian, that you thought of that you wanted to ask. And then I have, you know. One of the last topics I want to talk about is, is celebration today. So let's just talk about that at the end. But any any last thoughts, uh, Brian or, or Emily? Well, yeah. Okay. So this is this is very interesting to me. And it, it, the more I hear about this. So did they have curfews? Curfews? No. Okay. How but about? The, but the sound ordinances were grotesque. Okay. Did they allow you to have pets? Of course. Okay, no, but I, you I heard didn't have outdoor like there were a lot of restrictions. Okay, very similar to maybe like a higher end condo complex. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, and how about um, holiday decorations? Could you put out holiday decorations? Like, could you put Christmas lights out and stuff like that? Absolutely, and the more obnoxious, the better. Oh, okay, and that's good. I don't know if you've ever seen the um, any photos or footage from Halloween and celebration. 
to this day, they bus people in to trick or treat and celebration. It's Hmm. out of control. Uh, So a lot of families moved out just because of trick or treating. Now, Brian, you had touched on something earlier that I want to circle around to because I had made a note in my mind about it, about when I was talking about the boys would go and make all the bike ramps and make their own bike trails and whatnot. There was this pond because you asked if there was like any like dark stuff that most people don't know about. There was this pond and many people listening to this have probably driven by it and had no idea. It is at the intersection of World Drive and um, Celebration Boulevard. And now if you're coming from Disney to Celebration, you see there's this huge illuminated wall that says Celebration. To the right is where the high school is now. And um, coming up to that, it's the closest thing to Mr. Toad's Wild Ride that we still have. There are so many flashing lights that say, slow down, slow down, slow down. Because they started first finding behind that wall, in this little retention pond, bodies and cars. Bodies of who? All these missing people. So what had happened is prior to them putting up that wall and all those crazy lights, which people are always like, why is this so extra for lack of a better term when I would drive them in um, I'd be like well because you don't want to go past that wall into the retention pond die and not be found for years but they continued to find cars more and more and more and more and it was a simple fact of it was so dark there were no street lights that part wasn't developed yet the roads were there but that was it and the people would drive straight into the pond, never to be seen again. Okay, so I've kind of heard about this, Emily. Is there like a walking, like a sidewalk or a walk? Like you can kind of walk, not around that little pond, but kind of closest to it or something? That particularly, uh, that particular one, sort of. Okay. Um, but it's much more restricted and probably be because if so many people would want to go in and you okay, know, make yeah. videos in there and whatever, there are tons of walkways through Celebration. Yeah. Okay. I thought I've heard of a vlogger that was telling stories about this. That's where it kind of rang a bell to me, one that lives in Celebration now. But yeah, that very interesting. Interesting stuff. Yeah. There, there's been murders in there. There's been all sorts of crazy things that don't really make it to the news but make it so much better of a script. And I really do hope that sometime Disney lets those last little pieces of their grasp off of it and let somebody make a script out of it. Well, I was going to ask you, so, you know, do you know of any original residents that are still there today that have a, like a their hand in the town at all? Debbie McDonald. Sorry to throw you out there, Debbie, but I know that you wouldn't mind. She knows everything. There's also some others. Um, Don't send me a cease and desist, but Jackson Mummy. Um, There's a lot of originals that are low-key. Debbie's sort of the social coordinator. She is brilliant. She's one of my best friends. Love her to death. 
there are some there's there's more originals that lay low than not yeah because of everything that happened in the early years right but families like mine that were squeaky squeaky clean my parents were like we're just getting out of here yeah (laughs) but i think if anybody were to write a true or you know have dictate somebody writing a screenplay for the story of celebration it would be debbie mcdonald 100 percent. she's an angel she's such a cool woman too so you know and brian of course you can launch any last thoughts or or to emily here but like celebration today now i know people talk you know a lot of people like celebration day it's a cute little town i mean people go there you look around shops and stuff like that i know they do like a big car show stuff like that. And they have, you know, normal small town type stuff. So that's all celebration is today, right? Disney kind of has broke ties with it and it's just a cute little town or is, is there more to it today still? It's, it's complicated. Um, There's a lot of little different, different divisions that oversee celebration. Yeah. Um, So that's a whole different business episode. But no, it's it's basically that. And you have a lot of people from surrounding areas come in. It is a great place to live. There is still the gossip. There is still the drama. There are a lot of people that came in and moved in afterwards because they wanted to be part of the drama. So there's an arguable level of people that are there just to instigate at the same time. But overall, yes, it's always had... The farmers markets, the car shows, the Christmas festivals, the Halloween stuff, and of course, Cool and the Gang is always involved. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that can't. It could be worse. It could be worse. It could be in sync, right? Oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding you. I'm just kidding you. Those are fighting words, old man. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. All right. So, any any closing thoughts, Emily and, and Brian, as we wrap this up? Um, I, I'll I'll say it's very interesting and it it's probably worthy of a book probably down the road sometime. Um, I could imagine, you know, growing up there, there's a good and bad. I mean, you know, a lot of us, you know, a lot of our Spoonies, we're going to hear this and we're like, wow, what a life being able to go to the parks all the time. So close being part of that. Probably there were Imagineers who lived there, right? I mean, I, I guarantee there oh, probably absolutely. were tons of them. So, like, I mean, I mean, the amount of people that you hobnob with were probably great. The restrictions and and that other, you know, the the fact that yeah, it's it's very interesting the type of people that would be there, thrown into a, a society like that. It, it's not your normal mix of population, so it's it's a little bit different there. It, it had to be interesting. Now, my my last question to you is this. You know, obviously you made friends, but um, are there friends that you have that that you grew up there that are still your friends? Oh, absolutely. Okay, that's great. No, so that's what I wanted to hear because that's that's important. That means that that means that at least that part of it functioned fairly well. Absolutely, and you know the whole social aspect of it. There's there's so many different aspects of celebration. You really could do so many episodes on the different things even just with like you know the disney involvement on its own or the social aspects of it all of those different things 
I say we put up a uh, put up a post in um, the Spoonies group, and anybody that has a question that they want me to elaborate on, I mean, this is like rushed bullet points. Uh, right. But I'd be happy to clarify, or if people are like, "Ooh, I want to know more about that," or "Is this true or that true?" I'm always happy to do that. And I still think we should do an episode about Disney feral children, because that's really a whole thing in itself. That That's the part of it that from the time I was nine years old until the last time I had dinner with an Imagineer was right before COVID. I've always had Imagineers, heads of like Disney animation, Pixar... They've all been like, oh, hey, we going to dinner? You want to meet up here? Hey, we're having a Disney party um, where it's going to be a whole bunch of people that we haven't seen in a long time. Hey, we're going to bash the new version of Soren. Whatever. There's a whole Disney side of that that's totally different. But the actual breakdown of Celebration, I think that we did about the bare bones skeleton of it. Yeah. Good. I mean, this is amazing stuff, though, guys. I, I, I really want you to, you know, soak this in, you know, folks, as you listen to this stuff. Is this is not something where, you know, we've heard stories, we hear rumors, we hear. This is the true, true experience. And obviously, you know, there was a lot of good there. I mean, it's. It, I think it's, you know, it's definitely not Stepford Wives. It's, it's, it's not. You know, that's more of an exaggeration, but. I think this is really cool. It's an. It's a pretty well. It's still there today. I've actually. I've been to the pub there too. They have a really cool pub there. I don't know if it's still there, but oh, they, I love they had it. it. Town yeah, yeah, I, yep. I love that place. Yeah, it's great. Um, we've been to the grocery store. We sometimes when we come into town, you know, for a long time, we we go to the grocery store there because I just think it's they have a better selection than the other places. So it, it's a great town. It's it, it's great. I you know um, I think sometimes it gets a bad rap, but it also because at one time it was it was so scrutinized, and that's another interesting thing. But I've heard so many rumors. I don't know if they're true or false. And this is great to hear this. I, I really appreciate you um, spending the time and letting us know about this. Of course. And, you know, to put it this way, I was nine years old when I moved in there. I'm 36 now. I've lived in four different houses there. The last was in 2017 that I moved out. And I would 100% move back there now. That's if great. not for being so far away from my parents for the commute. Um, yeah. I, I've seen wild things, but it's wonderful. I still love it. I have nothing terrible to say about it. And so what? I mean, if, if you can't keep up with your yard and everything, which I can't right now, but it's a, a little accountability doesn't hurt to have a nice aesthetic to drive home to every night, to have nice facilities, nice programs. You know, excellent community resources, the libraries, yeah. now all the churches are there. It really has blossomed into something wonderful. And I would 100% move back there again. That's a, that's that's good. And that's a honestly like a great way to end it. Now we just have to find someone who can do a show about Golden Oak, since that's very real and still in the <laughs> making today. I want to know yeah. the juicy side behind Golden Oak, because you know it's got to be <sighs> Yeah, I, Ooh, I, I can tell you right now, my neighbor, my, my neighbor across the street would never be able to to live in celebration because his his lawn sometimes gets so long you could lose small children in it. Um, <laughs> so that would never work. But. 
Uh, well, well, you know, almost nobody does their own landscaping in celebration. My mom. Was oh, like, okay. She was she was the one that was like, these are Junmen. But then again, now where they live, they also had people picketing in front of their house before they flipped the house that they currently live in, and it turned out to be gorgeous. So. My mom's always had that green thumb. Everybody else is like, oh, sweet. It's really cheap to get your lawn mowed here because you have barely any lawn. Right. Uh, and, right. You know, it's, it's, it's not all that bad. It, that side of it, I actually appreciate. Yeah. Well, good stuff. Thank you again, Emily, so much for coming on, talking about celebration. I know this is an interesting episode, and um, we will continue the conversation in the Spoonie Facebook group. So, yes, yeah, Spoonies, if you want to keep this conversation going, ask Emily questions. We'll definitely put a post up. A Spoonful of Podcast Spoonie Nation on Facebook. Most of you are a part of it already, but if you're not, come on, jump in, enjoy the fun the water is heated to a brisk i don't know if it's like 75 degrees at disney anyways you know that's the that's the tie in there so we're also on instagram we're on twitter email us info at a spoonful of podcast.com please also don't forget to rate and review the show it really does help us it helps share the show helps give us you know star rating when people come across it and read your reviews to help us out so without further ado broadcasting from the backside of water until next time we'll see you then Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to A Spoonful of Podcast. You can find show notes, ways to follow us on social media, and all episodes on a aspoonfulofpodcast.com. Now that you've experienced the magic, it's time for the most dangerous part of our podcast, the return to civilization. <laughs> <laughs>